0: Brilliant. Uh, Really looking forward to sharing from God's Word with you today. Thank you so much, Sarah, for leading us and Guy for reading. Do keep your Bibles open if uh, if you'd like to. I think it does help us. We look through the passage together. This is actually the third message in our series. If you're new to us today, we've been working our way through a series called One Thing in the book of Philippians. And this is uh, message number three in that series. And there's one key verse on which this book kind of hangs and which is why we've called this series. One thing, as you saw there from Philippians chapter 3. And Paul says, One thing I do. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So, Paul says a bit later on in our letter there's one focus, there's one aim, one thing that he does, and that's to press on in his commitment to follow Jesus today and all the days into eternity. So, we've called this series One Thing. Wanting to root ourselves in the reminder of what truly counts as we seek to follow Jesus together. And today's message, as part of that one thing series, I've called Living Consistently. The sense of living in a consistent way seems to run through these verses that Guy has just read for us, as Paul writes to the Philippian Christians about how they are to live. Consistency the quality of always behaving or performing in a similar way. I was reading this week about the power of brand consistency... Where um, any uh, company or organization they want their customers to instantly recognize their products or their services through branding, so right from using the same logo and the same font through to the kind of jargon and the catchphrases that they that they use consistency in what is presented and a consistent brand helps you earn customer trust and it might be the reason that they choose you over another competitor and apparently some really strong brands can be just from the primary colors that they use and I wonder if you could actually do this this might be too hard I don't know I'll be interested to see I wonder if you could guess guess the the brand just from the colors I'm going to give you 30 seconds with your neighbor if you like can you work out the brand the company just from the colors have a quick chat about that It may be too difficult, in which case my message point will fall, fail completely. But I'd be interested to know, does anybody, any any idea about number one? Ikea. And also there's the groan of, of course it is. Number two? McDonald's. Who got that? Very good. Oh, loads of you. Very good. I thought the orangey-red was a bit, not quite the right color on the screen. And number three? The chocolate lovers among us are with me. I got that straight away. Cadbury. Um, And number four? Google. Google. That's right. Now, I find it fascinating that branding can be that strong and powerful that just through the consistent use of certain colors, we know what they mean, which I think is amazing really. And of course, it's not just true in, in big companies, it's true for any organization. In primary schools, they always use the same font. Recognize this? Gotta love Comic Sans. And even things like you know our church, why do we put our logo on our website and out on our doors and our flyers and our um, uh, flag banners and so on? It's, it's, it's about consistency, so people know who we are. It says something. And this is true um, as individuals as well. In any um, challenge or skill set in our lives, our performance is improved through consistency. So whatever you're trying to work on at the moment, maybe it's a sport. You know, my husband, Kevin, he's um, doing the Great South Run next month, and he's trying to run consistently for training. He says it's been too hot but he's been trying to run consistently for training. If you're learning a language, you might have had to do that with an app or something. And of course, you have to be consistent, don't you, with the vocab and the grammar. Maybe training a puppy, which needs consistency, which I'm never going to do because I've seen how hard that is. The consistency that is needed. The quality of always behaving or performing in a similar way. And so we notice that whether it's through branding or our own performance, actually consistency communicates. And the Apostle Paul says to the Philippians in our passage today, in a similar way, consistency in our lives as disciples of Jesus, it says something, it communicates something, Paul writes this letter to the Philippians from imprisonment in Rome whilst under house arrest. He's writing to a church that he loves really dearly and that he wants to encourage. And if you look at the opening section of our passage, verse 27, he says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens act in a way that honors Jesus he's not qualifying when they should conduct themselves in a worthy manner he says always whatever happens on good days on bad days on average days the calling on the life of a follower of Jesus is consistency whatever happens to be consistent and then it follows on and he says then whether I come and uh, see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Whatever happens, he says, and whether I'm with you or whether I'm not with you. So regardless of circumstances and regardless of whether Paul is with the, the Philippians or whether he's not with them, he says, regardless of all of that, live a worthy life standing firm together, striving together, be consistent. Now, this is challenging because we live in a world where it's very tempting to be a bit chameleon, very easy to adapt our behavior depending on where we are and who we are with. We might be somebody very different in the office than we are when we go to the gym or with our family or how we are at church consistency is key and consistency communicates if we're to share the love of jesus with the world around us then being consistent whatever happens is what will communicate whatever happens paul says conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of jesus christ and Paul mentions in the first section of chapter 2 three aspects to how we might live in a worthy and effective way. They make up a triangle of consistency in our relationship with God, where he says treasure unity, <coughs> consistency in our attitude to ourselves, learn humility, and consistency in our relationships with others serve willingly. Let's have a look at these. Consistency in our relationship with God treasure unity look at philippians 2 the first two verses here therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with christ if any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and of one mind now, the reason that it's important to us as Christians to live consistent lives is because firstly, we are united with Christ. He's bonded us together with him. And so it makes sense that we then seek to model that shared love that we have in this kind of up-arrow way with Jesus, with others, seeking to be like-minded and one in spirit. There was a lovely moment on a program with um, Dan Walker and Helen Skelton in their Channel 5 programme called Pennine Adventure. They're um, travelling along various locations along the Pennine Way and they're meeting people as they go. Dan Walker um, is a news presenter, was a sports presenter, and he's always been very open about his Christian faith. And they have this little moment when they um, visit a church and Helen quizzes Dan and she says to him, would you argue that you don't have to be a practising Christian to have faith, and that you don't necessarily need a building like this. And Dan says, it's never about the venue to me. It's about what you do in here and the difference that that life makes to the life that you live every single day. It's a great exchange. We have a relationship with Jesus. We are united with him. That's to be treasured. We've been singing about it. Firm foundations And we come to places of worship like this, whatever kind of church it might be, to worship with like-minded people. There's a oneness in spirit when we worship with others who love Jesus too. But it only means anything if that makes a difference to the life that we live every single day consistently. You know, this building is only a building. As Dan Walker says, it's a venue. We, we are the church. And when we leave this building, the church leaves the building. The purpose of meeting here is to strengthen our unity, to help us focus on Jesus so that it makes a difference to how we live. So meeting here is supposed to make a difference to what we're like in a consistent way so that we wear the same hat when we're in the office, at the gym, with our family, or in this church building. Now, buildings can be really significant and a real help. They're important, aren't they? We've got, um, we've got a whole refurb coming up actually here in November. We're hoping to give this whole space a big refresh. New chairs, um, uh, and refreshing all the kind of walls and the decor and so on. And we're really looking forward to that. And we really want to make it a, a lovely place to come and worship. A really welcoming, inviting place for all our activities in the week. But the purpose of all that here, the purpose of this, is for that out there. How we live when we leave here. Consistency in our relationship with God. That our unity with Him makes a difference out there, treasuring unity in that. So he says consistency in our relationship with God, and then he talks about consistency in our attitude to ourselves. There's a kind of in part to this. Learn humility, he says. If you go back to our passage, we've read the first couple of verses of Philippians 2, and then in verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Paul seems to indicate here that there was a danger for the Philippians of rivalry or a hunger for glory. It's a thread that weaves through that he warns them against, wanting to be seen and to get the praise. And Paul wants to say no to that if there's any kind of sense of of rivalry, glory hunting, that actually these things are the opposite of living a consistent life that's worthy of the gospel, and Paul challenges them. He says, do nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Learn humility. And if we want to be consistent in our Christian lives, humility is going to be a hallmark of that. And we'll see next week how beautifully Jesus modelled humility for us at the cross. Coco Goff, the American teenager, she uh, she won the US Open last week. And she's another um, media person with a lot of profile who is a very committed Christian. And it was actually really lovely to see her turn to prayer. Look at this, as she wins that tournament. And she turns uh, to prayer once that she'd won her match. All that hard work to make her a consistent player at the highest level, all those sacrifices she must have made, there's somebody of consistency. She turns that back humbly in prayer to God. And here's a snippet of her post-match interview. Coco, you burst onto the scene about four years ago. A lot of expectations on your shoulders. What does it mean to win your first Grand Slam title on home soil? Oh my goodness. in shock in this moment, um, you know, that French Open loss was a heartbreak for me, um, but I realized, you know, God puts you through tribulations and trials, and this makes this moment even more sweeter than I can imagine. we saw you say a prayer get on your knees you have a lot of faith how important has that been through this journey for you oh it's been so important um you know i don't pray for results i just ask that you know i get the strength to give it my all and whatever happens happens i'm so blessed in this life so i'm just thankful for this moment like i don't have any words for it to be honest It's interesting that she says she doesn't pray to win, just a a prayer of thanks and dependence on God. And I mentioned Dan Walker and I mentioned Coco Goff. You know, that's never going to be us, is it? But there's something about wherever we are. When Paul says, whatever happens, you know, whether you're in the media, whether you're a Christian serving Jesus in your workplace tomorrow or at home looking after your kids, it's about humility, not acting out of vain ambition or conceit, valuing, others above ourselves. Paul says a similar thing to the Corinthian Christians. These themes are littered through our New Testament. To the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 10, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And to the Roman Christians, Romans 12, be devoted to one another in love, honour one another above yourselves. Living consistently is about a humble attitude to ourselves, and the way that we value others in that. And then there's the final side of our triangle, when Paul talks about consistency in our relationship with others, serve willingly. We've read already, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, and then not looking to your own interests. But each of you to the interests of others, in your relationships with one another, have the mindset, the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In spite of all that is unique and radically different about Jesus, we are commanded to have the same mindset and attitude as him. Self-sacrificing humility and a posture of serving, a posture of serving others. And I just wonder what kind of relational and kingdom revolution there might be if we genuinely look to the uh, interests of others above our own. When we share communion together in a little while, what a a perfect place that is to reflect on these verses and see the the mindset of Jesus at the cross, the one who truly did not look to his own interests, but to the interests of others. And who are the others? That was us. We, are on the, we were on the receiving end of Jesus, self-sacrificial love. Serving others has the upside-down kingdom blessing of being part of what forms our own consistent character. You know, as we serve others, as we there's an upside-down thing that happens as we give ourselves away, actually we ourselves then are helped and changed. Serving willingly forms us into the likeness of Christ. So this passage helps us to think about how treasuring unity and learning humility and serving willingly will help us to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. I've got here with me um, an orange and a peach. And I was reflecting on how useful this may be to us in thinking about these themes today. If you, um, if you cut through an orange, like this orange I've got here, or like the one on the screen, if you cut kind of th- through this orange, what you get is lots of, of segments, or if you peel the whole orange, you can then break it into se- separate segments, and all the segments stand alone. So you can break off segment by segment and enjoy your orange. Each piece stands alone. And I think sometimes we can approach our lives a little bit like an orange, a whole set of segments that stand alone, that might be within one whole, but don't necessarily relate or tie together. We can see different bits of our lives, segmented, separate, um, and no consistency necessarily. We parcel sections of our lives into different areas, so there might be the faith part or the Sunday part, you know, personal prayer or our own faith, but actually there can also be the kind of the work segment or the home segment. If we're thinking about living a life worthy of the gospel, then I suggest that we should be more peach. All interconnected. If you cut into a peach, I'll cut this one in half, the whole peach revolves around the stone. The stone is in the center holding all the flesh together. It's actually quite difficult to cut a peach into neat sections, isn't it? You've got to just eat it all Because every section of flesh is connected to the one central stone. And I'd say that a consistent life is one where Jesus is at the center. And all that we are, everything that we do, kind of circles around that. That we are the same person wherever we are. That there's a consistency about our conduct and our behavior. The way that we are with people. If someone says to you, what was Ellen's message today? You can say, she said, be less orange and more peach. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Striving for consistency in the ways that Paul has outlined for us here. And doing that, circling back to where we started this passage. When are we to do this? Whatever happens. Whatever happens. Whatever happens for you and for me tomorrow. Paul says, conduct yourselves in a worthy manner of the gospel. Here are some helpful ways to do it. Revolving our lives, circling around the central stone that is Jesus, building on him, not segmenting our lives, whatever happens and wherever we are. In a moment, we're going to sing again. I'm going to invite the band to come back. And we're going to share in communion together. But I just want to give us a moment to just have a moment of quiet. So let's pray together for a moment. have a think about the different areas of your life, the different segments, the different sections, your different frontline places, and just in the quiet for a moment, ask the Lord to help you live consistently, consistently in those places. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ And Jesus, we pray that you would help us to do that today, tomorrow, consistently, whatever happens in the days to come. Amen. Amen.